Welcome in once again to the Talking Tide podcast. I am Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I am joined, as I am on a regular basis here on the podcast, by longtime Bama Online senior analyst Travis Ryer and as well the daily radio host of Southern Fried Sports, which you can get on 102.9 FM in Tuscaloosa. That's Tide 102.9. The Talk at Tide podcast available at our web host at podbean.com. You can also get it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. All those apps for you. Available first, though, at podbean.com pretty much as soon as we get finished with these podcasts. And then after a day or two, uh, it'll pop up for you on those apps. Talking Tide this week, primarily talking football and A-Day coming up this Saturday. Travis, we're going to give our listeners uh, a bit of an A-Day preview. Uh, Spring football has kind of gone by fairly quickly. It seems like to me anyway. I don't cover it anymore. Maybe if I was out there grinding (laughs) in the the heat every day, it probably wouldn't feel like that, huh? (laughs) You know, it's been spread out, kind of the traditional approach under Nick Saban at Alabama. You have the first Friday practice and then break for spring break. But I don't know, maybe March Madness kept us occupied in terms of our attention spans. And uh, we certainly had some great games going from the round of 16 to the 8 to the semifinals to Monday night's championship game. So that may have helped speed things up, at least in our minds anyway, Chase. And a Nate O'Tire on top of that, a little basketball coaching change for sure. the Crimson Tide. And uh, next thing you know, uh, A-Day around the corner. Travis, after two spring scrimmages, and I know you've got some outstanding sources that, that provide you a bit, of, a bit of intel on what goes on in these uh, so-called secret scrimmages, although we, we, we know it's, it's really not that much of a secret. But uh, your thoughts, I guess, generally on what fans ought to be looking for on A-Day, maybe a couple of positions uh, that, that the fans can, can kind of lock in on and, and maybe get a feel for some critical areas. Yeah, you know, and I think some of the early enrollees are going to factor into some of those spots that we're going to talk about today, Chase. When you start at the quarterback position, obviously Tua Tagovailoa was the starter. Mac Jones went into spring as sort of the unquestioned number two, uh, a classmate, came in the same signing class to Alabama as Tua uh, did. But you had the two early enrollees, Talia Tagovailoa, Paul Tyson, Uh, I think Mac Jones has established himself or maintained that status as the number two, maybe turn the football over a little bit too much in scrimmage number two, but I'm interested to see how the younger Tonga Vailoa and how Paul Tyson not just perform in the A-Day scrimmage, but how they sort of handle the environs there. You know, we've seen Jalen Hurts in previous years. We've seen Tua in, in recent years thrust into that situation and I thought we got a quick early glimpse into how they're wired Chase and that the stage didn't look too big for those two guys as early enrollees when they jumped into 8A action so I'll be interested to see that I think as much as anything uh, what you hear this spring is that as expected the offense probably a little bit ahead of the defense which you would expect given the skill talent first and foremost that returns on that side of the ball but depth across the board really something to keep an eye on Saturday on defense when you talk about the secondary uh, trying to come off that poor performance against Clemson in the national championship game even up front uh, the defensive line uh, inside linebacker competition so there's going to be plenty of spots the kicking game we haven't even talked about kicker and punter yet so all those spots really across the board Chase you're going to have plenty to keep an eye on Saturday. 
really Tua Tungavaloa's first spring as an established starter, right? Because two springs ago it was Jalen Hurts' gig, and last spring Tua busted a thumb, which at best of my recollection, the whole spring was pretty much a wash for Tua last year, wasn't it? It was, and I guess Jalen two years ago you could have said was going in as the established starter because he'd come off a true freshman season in which he was the sec offensive player of the year but there was still a lot of buzz around Tua that spring and it was sort of warranted and justified uh, validated in his spring game performance uh, a couple of years ago but yeah in terms of uh, the the pecking order well you know your guy at the top but mac jones is experienced has that to his advantage at least has a little bit of playing experience last year in games um but yeah it'll it'll just be interesting to see how the newer guys perform uh at quarterback I gotta think that this spring it's been awfully easy for Nick Saban to identify and expose whatever problems may exist in his secondary because you're talking about you know when the when they go one versus ones and in team drills you're talking about arguably the best quarterback in the country with probably inarguably the best wide receiving core in the country with plenty of chemistry throwing it around uh and and, you know and with Quentin Williams not around with Christian Miller not around maybe the pass rush isn't quite what it would have been a spring ago for the ones on defense uh these these defensive backs I, I assume have been fire tested uh this spring you're right. All the ingredients, in addition to the experience and the talent that Alabama brings back at quarterback and wide receiver, you, you talk about those things on the defensive side. Terrell Lewis is basically uh, done for the the spring, you know, after having a procedure performed on that surgically repaired knee. Anthony Jennings, yeah, he can get after the quarterback, but how much are you really going to put on him in the spring as a redshirt senior? You know, this is a time more so about developing – those younger pass rush types. And Ayabi Anoma continues to be a guy that you hear has made big strides. So it's been good for those first, second-year players like an Anoma, uh, a Jerez Parks, a Christopher Allen coming off of his, his knee situation, and then developing you know, pass rush up front to go along with Raekwon Davis, LeBron Ray, and a guy you continue to hear. Again, one of those early enrollees that you're going to want to watch uh, on Saturday, DJ Dale uh, at that at that nose tackle position, and sort of the comparisons that are being made already for him with guys like Deron Payne from the last few years. So um, it, it's it's about identifying as much as anything pieces that can go along with some of the established guys that you do bring back, uh, and helping that secondary, as you said, because they you know we can talk about how the receivers for Clemson and Trevor Lawrence cut them up in Santa Clara uh, but it was pretty obvious at that point once Christian Miller went down with the hamstring against Oklahoma that was a really debilitated pass rush chase a lot of buzz around DJ Dale on that defensive line this spring no question I know a lot of fans are going to be keeping a close eye on him if he's uh, even close to being Deron Payne uh, coming right into the program that's going to make a huge difference for this uh, Crimson Tide defense, no doubt about it. On the offensive line, I guess the best news for Alabama this week, Travis, is that it appears that a, an injury to Jedrick Wills is a minor one. Uh, not the Definitely not uh, who you would want to have coming off uh, a serious injury in the spring that 
you know, this late in the spring, you have a serious injury. It threatens the start of the season, depending on what you're talking about. And so uh, good news, it looks like Jedrick Wills is going to be all right. Big, big piece of that offensive line. No doubt. And the best thing about Jedrick Wills' injury, any injury this time of year, is that it occurred on April the 6th. Uh, and if it turns out it was just a, a high ankle sprain, which is what we were told, um, yeah, he's got plenty of time. You know what you've got in Jedrick Wills as your starting right tackle. You saw plenty from him in 15 games last year. And, you know, you also had the benefit of an experienced guy in Matt Womack as a fifth-year senior, a guy who himself in 2017 started every game at right tackle. So while Womack has been working inside, for the most part, this spring at right guard with that first team OL, you can kick him back out to right tackle. He's perfectly comfortable there. You have to do maybe a little bit of reshuffling uh, to the interior of that offensive line, but Emil Echior is really starting to emerge, Chase, is a guy that you really get the feeling this staff likes a lot as a second-year player because he can play either guard spot. And depending on how this competition goes inside, at Garden Center, he could end up being your starting center, too. Chris Owens, the veteran, has been that guy for the most part this spring. But if it works out that their top three has Echior at center, you can do that if you're offensive line coach uh, Kyle Flood. Is Matt Womack potentially, Travis, going to be that sixth offensive lineman, swingman type of guy for this Alabama team who can come in off the bench, play guard, come on, come in off the bench, play tackle, almost like an Alfred McCullough uh, who, who was in that role and, and was effective in that role for Alabama uh, toward the beginning of, of Nick Saban's coaching career? Yeah, you know, they like to have – coaches like to have a, a, a top seven. You know, and that's usually a a guy that can swing from center to guard and another guy that can back up both tackle spots and maybe even move inside uh, if needed in that situation. I think Matt Womack has that opportunity. I think Matt Womack has a real opportunity to start at right guard. Now, sort of the, the X factor in all this is the availability of Deontay Brown as the season progresses, Chase. You know, it's not expected, as we know, for Deontay Brown to be available. Uh, for the first games, plural, uh, of the 2019 season. So, you know, Matt Womack may very well be that starting right guard. But once you get into October, Deontay Brown is available at that point. You know, what does it look like then? But absolutely, from a depth standpoint, you love, as you know, you love having a guy um, like Matt Womack because he has that he has that starting experience. I mean, this guy started both college football playoff games two years ago you know and and think about the players he went against in those wins over Clemson and Georgia uh two seasons ago so it's it's you know it's invaluable to have that kind of guy available to you battle tested for sure Matt Womack uh the running back position sounds like Nick Saban's been pretty pleased with Najee Harris and Brian Robinson as a top pair uh, your thoughts maybe on who might settle in as a number three? Could it be Jerome Ford? Uh, or do you, does it does it go into the fall maybe more wide open than that? Maybe uh, uh, the hot shot freshman coming in, Sanders, in the, in the fall maybe, maybe consumes that role. Yeah, Nick has kind of left that open, it seems like, in his comments anyway. And I've heard good things about Jerome Ford. And, and you watch this guy even just go through drill work, you see that – he has the explosiveness, the sort of uh, sudden change of direction, the quickness to be really good 
in this offense. You know, I think it goes back to, as we've talked about many times before with running backs, uh, off the ball, pass protection, uh, a receiver in the passing game. Those are things that you really have to sort of fill in the blanks as you get into things as a young back uh, at Alabama and plenty of other places as well. But no, right now, Harris, Robinson, you know, that's your top two. Um, but Trace Sanders, obviously, the, the five-star recruit expected to come in this summer and establish himself as a top three type option. Uh, but Jerome Ford will have something to say about that. Chadarius Townsend has worked at running back this spring. I've heard some good things about Chadarius. Gives you a little bit different dimension. Not the biggest guy. Maybe a little more Kenyon Drake to his game. Um, and then, you know, Brian Robinson is that back, Chase. Kind of like a combination of a Glenn Coffey and a Roy Upchurch in terms of his running style, first and foremost, maybe more like Glenn Coffey, but then in how you can use him. If you recall, Roy Upchurch, uh, they, they would line him up at, at fullback, and we've seen Brian Robinson do that in the last season or so. So, you know, you've got some different ways you can utilize all these guys too. A yeah. uh, couple more thoughts on the defensive side of the ball. Back in the secondary, uh, Trayvon Diggs, Pat Sertan at the cornerback spot seem fairly set. You've got Shyam Carter, uh, and McKinney working back there. How about that that other role in the dime? Uh, Jared Maiden, Josh Job, some of these guys who might be working in uh, in that set. That's obviously the st- you know in this at this point uh, the nickels become the base now, hadn't it? It is. There's no doubt about that. You're playing a whole bunch more dime than you ever have too. I would say Shaheem Carter is your glue guy in that. Wherever you need him, wherever you have a leak, maybe, uh, that's most concerning, that's where you can plug in Shaheem Carter and he can fix that for you, whether it's star, whether it's safety. He's played some corner. I think it's more star or safety for Shaheem Carter. But Jared Maiden, by all accounts, has had a really nice spring working with that first-team defense alongside Xavier McKinney. You're right. The third safety, the third corner, it's always a bigger deal than people probably realize. Josh Job has certainly gotten a long look as that next corner. We've actually seen Patrick Sertan play some star this this spring. Trayvon Diggs, we know, can do that. You know, it's that time of year where they're repping up so many guys at so many different spots because then when fall comes around, they just want to be able to plug and play with their top six or seven defensive backs. So it's still a little bit of a work in progress, but I think you get a feel, Chase, right now anyway, who those top five or six guys are. And, and I would put Maiden – and Josh Job in that group with some of the other guys we talked about. Shyam Carter's like your flex tape man buzzing across the <laughs> Everglades and <laughs> that boat, you know, with the hole in it yeah. and the alligators screen, swimming around. Screen door, a screen door he put on the bottom of the boat, <laughs> taped it up. Yeah. That's Shyam Carter crocs. for you. Cruised over those crocs, you know. <laughs> That's fantastic. How about the kicking game before we move on, Travis? I'm gonna. You're breaking uh, up, Chase. Did you say the kicking game. You're breaking up. Yeah. Bad connection. Got a hit on Bad it. Connection. Got a hit on it. I uh, got one. I get one punter goes in the transfer portal. Uh, uh, things things pretty wide open uh, as usual, I guess, in the uh, special teams area. I don't care what anybody says. The most scrutinized players in Bryant Denny Stadium Saturday will be the kickers and the punters. You know, you'll go to see the stars. If you're an Alabama fan, you'll go to see Tua. You'll go to see Najee Harris. You'll go to see Jerry Judy. But what you'll be watching most intensely, most intently, will be the kickers and the punters. 
And all I know to tell you is we'll see. You know, that's all I know to tell you at this point. But obviously when you talk place kicking, Joseph Bulovus, the hope has been that he will continue to improve because he has done that in his first couple of years. Despite the extra point misses last season, to me more concerning were the kickoffs out of bounds. You talk about something that can absolutely kill you, and we saw one in the national championship game at a really bad time too. Um, so the newcomer, Will Reichard, or another early enrollee, from Hoover High School is definitely in that mix. Uh, punter, you mentioned Bernier going into the, the transfer portal, but we've continued to see him on the practice field, uh, which you know I think is smart. Go ahead and get as, as much as you can in, even if you're looking at possibly leaving after the spring. But uh, Skyward along in his second year. Uh, I've heard some pretty good things about him. Uh, definitely has the talent. You watch this guy just kicking on the side and stuff, and uh, he's got all the ability in the world. It was more of a mental issue, it seemed like, with him last year. Uh, and then Reichard can also compete in that area for the punting job. I think Reichard is probably more likely to contribute in place kicking, whether he just wins the, the field goal extra point job uh, or he wins the kickoff job. I, I would say the kickoff job is a conservative estimate uh, and then see how it goes on field goals and extra points. Uh, but no doubt about it, man, kicking the football on Saturday, uh, everybody's going to be tuned into that. Yeah, the thing about it is last year when Alabama was having some, some inconsistencies in the kicking game, it, you know, we said, you know, sooner or later they're going to play a close game and it's going to be on the line with those guys. And it really never happened. Certainly didn't happen nope. in, the, in, in the regular season. Alabama just rolled through there. I guess the closest game they ended up playing was the Georgia game because it wasn't a factor in the Clemson game when they lost. Uh, so as important as the kicking game is, Travis, I guess last year was an example of, of how if you're dominant enough on offense and defense, you can kind of eliminate the kicking game as a factor in most of the games you play, if not close to all of them. They got away with it last year. Um, you know, an, a missed extra point against Clemson didn't really hurt them in the, in the national championship game. The kickoff out of bounds in that game yeah. did nothing to help them, that's for sure. Um, and in what at the time was a, a close game. But, you know, they were just so explosive on offense last year, and they were really good for the most part in the red zone, especially when Tua was in the game, that it didn't expose them as much. Uh, you know, we'll see this year. I, again, though, the, looking at this offense, you know, that they could be they could be just as explosive, if not more, than they were a year ago. Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Rolling on Chase Goodbread and Travis Ryer with you. For a few more minutes, we're going to thank a couple of sponsors of the podcast right now, starting with North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley. For all your dental needs, all your family's dental needs, be sure to get over to North River Dental Associates. It's right there, conveniently located off of McFarland Boulevard at 1100 Fairfax Park. They can remind you of your upcoming appointment in any way you might want to, whether that's text, an email, a phone call, however you want to be reminded to get in there. They can take care of that for you. 
The phone number is 752-3506. You can also go to NorthRiverDentist.com on the web for an appointment. They will get you in and out on a routine cleaning in less than an hour. The last time I went in there, probably about three weeks ago, took about 35 minutes. And they do a great job, but they get you out of that waiting room pretty much as soon as you sit down. You really don't even – you crack that magazine, Travis, and you get about one paragraph in, maybe two, in that before they call you back. Uh, my wife's got her appointment coming up, uh, I think, later this week. So get over there, North River Dental Associates. You know, Dr. Jack in that waiting area, he's even got some Alabama media guides, some old media guides out yeah. there in that waiting room. So if you're an Alabama fan, uh, he's got in that little bit of time that Chase talked about that you might have to sit out there. Uh, you're going to have some quality reading for you there at uh, North River Dental. I'm going to tell you about Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa, 3200 Skyland Boulevard East. That's where you're going to find the very best selection of automobiles, both new and certified pre-owned. They are waiting for you right now at Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa. Go to the website, mercedesoftuscaloosa.com. Check out the entire inventory as it sits on the lot today. Then make your way to 3200 Skyland Boulevard East for the very best in selection, sales, and service after the sale. It is, of course, Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa. Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com. Rolling on, Travis, a bit of basketball news before we get out of here. Huge news for new Alabama coach Nate Oates. He secures a return from point guard Kira Lewis Jr., really uh, the best and most important recruiting job he could have possibly had uh, to get his feet, you know, kind of on the ground at Alabama. A crucial, crucial guy to come back. Obviously, John Petty coming back as well. But uh, uh, this off, especially the way he wants to go up and down the floor offensively, had to have a guy like Kira Lewis who can really handle the ball coming back, and he was able to get him back. He was, and I think it's a move that keeps Alabama, at a minimum, NCAA tournament relevant. You know, whatever you think of Avery Johnson, Alabama obviously did not make the NCAA tournament uh, this time around, but at least the program was in the mix for consecutive years under Avery Johnson. I think with Kyra Lewis Jr. coming back, you continue that trend in the next year, have a great opportunity, I think, with that roster. We'll see still some pieces you got to figure out in terms of fit with what Nate Oates wants to do. But with Kyra Lewis on the ball, uh, you feel a lot better about your chances of making the NCAA tournament in 2019-2020. Got to find some other guys to go along with him, I think. And, you know, they've got a grad transfer uh, target coming in this weekend. James Beadle Bolden from West Virginia expected on campus this weekend. So keep your eye on the grad transfer, maybe even the JUCO market, because Brian Hodgson, the assistant that's coming in with Nate Oates from Buffalo, has a background in junior college basketball, pretty significant as a matter of fact. You still have Trendon Wadford Chase, the five-star forward from over in Mountain Brook, out there, going to make his commitment, going to make his intentions known coming up in the next week, week and a half or so. So there's still some roster management going on. You've got Deontay Wood, the redshirt freshman guard who has now entered the transfer portal. Some comings and goings, but in terms of critical pieces that you know Nate Oates wanted to keep around, starts with Kyra Lewis Jr. John Petty's going to stay. You got Herbert Jones. So you've got some pieces again, Tevin Mack, for what this guy wants to do on the offensive end of the floor, especially 
you know, to 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 make some make some noise in his first year, I think. Nate Oates might have might as well have accused me of being an old man in his last press conference, Travis, because you know I've been I've been uh, talking for more than a year now about how Alabama really needs a, a banger of a floor at, at power forward, and Nate Oates got behind that microphone and he said, "We're not going to have two players on the block. This isn't 1980 anymore." He said, "Yeah, <laughs> so. attention, Chase." Yeah, 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 exactly. Just at Chase next time, yeah. Nate. Yeah. Gonna do it. Yeah. No, and you're right. I mean, and that's that's where it gets interesting with this returning roster is, you know, how do these guys fit into that? Now, Alex Reese is one of those guys that can hit head out to the perimeter and knock down shots. Um, and, and so you think that would bode well for him. I would say this about Alex Reese. He's going to have to up the energy on the floor a good bit because just shooting threes is a 6'9", 6'10", post in this offense isn't going to be enough you're going to have to be able to defend one-on-one you're going to have to be able to rebound uh you're just going to have to get after it just going to have to be more energy in general from everybody on the floor with the way this guy wants to play basketball yeah nate added me and uh they get beat on the boards in a big game 40 to 25 i'll have to add him you know (laughs) no mic and drills i don't think no no that is right the ads go both ways Gonna do it you for this. You can't spell Nate without an at. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's gonna do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports Radio. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover. We're gonna do another podcast coming out of A Day, uh, recapping all the goings on at Bryant Denny Stadium on Saturday. Stay tuned for that coming up next on Talking Tide. <laughs>